Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetra. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And it's that time of the year again, the best of 2018. Yo, I really love these podcasts. I really love these episodes because not only is it a a recap of the year, but it also gives you a look into the interesting conversations that we've had. When I look back at the lineup that we've had in 2018, I realized it's been super Canadian. It's been super Toronto. Over 90% of the guests that we had are from Toronto. And that's for a reason. I want to capture this time in history. I want to get into the state of mind of our artists, their insight. And the beautiful thing is, even though most of our content is about Toronto artists and from Toronto, Toronto is a number one audience, but we have more listeners from the United States. And I'm excited. America, what up, New York, Los Angeles, all over, wherever you may be from the States, you're interested in what's happening in Toronto. Those are the comments that I get. What's in the water in Toronto? You guys are intrigued about what's happening here in this time in history. And I'm and I'm honored. I'm honored to tell that story and for the guests that have come on here on the commercial podcast and for you, the listener, for tuning in. And without further ado, um, I'm breaking down the interviews into part one and part two. And we're getting into part one today of the best of 2018 on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! We started off 2018 with the homie Langston Francis. This guy, super talented. I'm so excited to be like one of the first people to interview him. And I can't believe this is the beginning of 2018 because it seems forever ago. And the guy is only like, I think, I don't know, 17 or 18 years old when I interviewed him at this time. And he talks about if the musical journey is like running a marathon that he feels like he's just tying his shoes. The very first time I heard a song back where I was like, yo, this is actually really fire. And I was just sitting by myself and I was like smiling, <laughs> but I was like yeah. sitting by myself and I was just like, oh, I feel like, so, feel like such a goof right now. But I, it just feels so good because, you know, it's like what you envision it, you can hear it in your head and then you hear it back. You're like, yes, it's just so gratifying. Did you share it with anybody? I think I was at my girlfriend at the time's house and I played it for her and her mom or something. And I was just like, I had to show someone. I was like, guys, yeah. listen to this. Listen yeah. to this. Yeah. And I remember hearing that. And yeah. Do you feel like that's feeling. one of the, like, after you create and like you're geeked about it, do you, what's like, is the next thing you want to share it or what do you do at that point? Honestly, like yeah. the next thing I yeah. really want to do is just go create more. I like putting music out and I think I'm also like so new to put it, like I put one song out. I, I feel like sometimes when I'm answering questions like this, it's mm. like, I don't even exactly know yet because you haven't experienced. I was just yet. talking about this yeah. today. I was yeah. like, if you know, this musical journey is is like running a marathon. I feel like I'm still mm. tying my shoes. Like I don't even, you know, I feel like what I can see myself potentially doing. I don't even think I've really started running yet. So 
that's why I'm always drawn back to the creation process. But I've also never gone on a tour. I've never done that stuff. So, you know, maybe that's what's going to uh, really grind my gears once I start getting Yo, into you just that. gave me, that's a fire bar line. Would, you, would say that again? If this musical... If this musical journey was a marathon, I'm just tying my shoes. Damn. Yeah. Yo, put that out there somewhere, bro. <laughs> Copyright that, man. Tweet that. I was literally just on the phone <laughs> with my manager today and we were just talking about stuff. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> just I don't know. I just thought of that. One of my favorite interviews of 2018, Cadence Weapon. Yo, if you haven't heard this interview, please check it out. He talks about how your average rapper acts like Kanye without working like Kanye. The number one thing is just like, there's like always another level you can get to, right? And so it's when you get to a level that you're like, I can't believe I'm here. You got to act like you've been there before because there's another level to get to. You know, it's like, before I before I came here, I got I was on the phone with one of my rapping heroes. Like right now, right here. Before today, we got to the studio. Today, yeah, I okay. had a phone call because we were on a song together okay. that we're working on right now. Okay. And I don't want to. I don't want to save right now just to like you know. I don't yeah. want to jinx the whole thing. Okay. But you know, and talking to him and him being like, "Yeah, man, I like I feel what you're getting into," you know, and like, you know, this is somebody I listened to in high school, you know, that, that I was just talking to you about, and it's like that's cool. But I need to still be like chill about it because it's like there's levels to this. There's so many levels. And it's like the humility will get you further. That's the thing that I've really learned. You know, ever since all those experiences, you know, when I when I was younger, I've definitely and you know, just also just dealing with the industry and like, you know, it it'll chew you up and spit you out, you know, and you have to learn how to like reform yourself after you get chewed up. Mm. Humility will get you further. Mm-hmm. Why? I feel like there's your average rapper. They they act like Kanye mm-hmm. without working like Kanye, right? It's like it only works if you're literally the best of the best. You can only have that attitude of like I'm number one if you really are, you know. And you know, there's a whole thing of like fake it till you make it, whatever, whatever. But honestly, it's like it wears really thin if if you don't have the chops. And you know, you most of the time when you're a young artist, you really you're really not on that level. So, I think the humility, especially when you get in the room of like really established artists, nobody has time for that shit. You know, and it's like it becomes about like let's finish this song. You know, like let's let's like do the problem solving and leave the ego outside. You know, that's like what it's like in real music. You know, the, the people who act like super pretentious, like assholes, like I used to back in the day. There are people who haven't really done any shit, which is what I was at the time. I hadn't really done any shit yet. Yo, Trish is one of those artists that rarely does interviews and that you got to be really connected to know who she is. So I was really honored for her to come on the Come Up Show podcast. She's a singer songwriter. She's been making music for over 15 years. She started doing music at the age of nine when she was performing with her father at performing at restaurants. She was singing backup for Lily Allen. Trish talks about how this industry is 10% talent and 90% business. When people, when you say I'm from, when you go to Detroit or you go to wherever America, and you mm-hmm. say, "Where are you from?" I'm from Toronto. Mm-hmm. What's like, di- what's different from ten Toronto. years ago? To I feel like a lot of people has visited this visited the city today versus ten years ago, so they know what we have to offer, and it's like, oh, they don't live in igloos, <laughs> so it's nice, you know, it's real nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like it's nice. What is there any? Is there more optimism at all for yeah. you as a Canadian artist? Absolutely, there definitely is, and it's it's lovely because 
um, there's a lot more there's a lot more shows happening, and I'm, I've been going out to check out check out uh, the up and coming talent, and I want to work with a lot of them, it, but it's just to see how serious they are if they're gonna last if they're gonna be around because mm. you hear names but then like we mentioned some of the artists that I've I've come up with and they're they're actually they've been they're still doing you Andrina's still doing her thing she's recording music Kim's still doing her thing you know Julie's still doing her thing a lot of there's artists who are still doing their thing but then there's some artists that I heard about two years ago who are not doing their thing so it really depends on the individual if they mm. if if like music is a career that they they like to pursue. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's ninety percent business, ten percent talent, and who you know in this place. That's frustrating, isn't it? Can be. It can be, but if you're in it for the right reasons. Mm-mm. One of my favorite guys, producer, singer, songwriter, Slacka, who goes by Beat Child, he talks about how Toronto is still the screw face capital. Uh, and you've been in the music for a while. So, like, what do you make of, like, the attention that there is on the city? What is the energy that you're feeling when people say, you know, I don't know if you've been ar- outside of Toronto recently. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm from Toronto. Yeah. What's What's the difference compared it's diff- to Wow, right now, yeah. it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. You you can use that as leverage in business. When you go outside of Toronto and you say you're from Toronto, it's a beautiful thing. People value artists from Toronto and they, they look at them in high regard, um, which is great because it's, it's true. Toronto has a lot of ter- talented people, man. It's like a melting pot, a condensed melting pot of talent. And um, I see it all the time. And even when I travel, when I travel and work with other artists in different countries and cities, it's like, it's, it's with the exception of, of some places, like London is, is a lot like Toronto, where there's a lot of talented people. Mm. But... Um, there's nowhere on, on the planet where there's this condensed, this amount of, you know, talent condensed. And uh, it's good. I don't think that we're capitalizing on it enough in the sense that mm. we need to rally together more. There needs to be more kind of um, com- com- camaraderie. Com- camaraderie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that the word? Um, there needs to be more kind of uh, power in numbers, you know? I wish there was more creativity when it came to making moves. The one thing we have playing against us is it's still Toronto, right? We're still the screw face capital. If we can, if we can um, be better than that mentality, then I think we will be a force that will be very powerful. Hmm. Matthew Progress talks about how the machine, quote unquote, has picked what the Toronto sound is. Uh, you wrote an interesting article, and uh, that made me think of our sound here in Toronto, or mm. one of our sounds. You know, when people say, what's the Toronto sound? You know, I've been on panels, and I've right. asked other artists, and when people say the Toronto sound is like trap-leaning, down-tempo, moody, right, emo, right, right. Yeah, rap, yeah. or whatever, yeah. and you feel like that's only one sound that's happening in Toronto that we've picked 
yeah as a Toronto sound and you don't think that's true like on a level kind of I don't I yeah. don't I don't yeah. know that the record buying or record streaming market has picked that sound I think that the machine has picked that sound and I think like some of the most significant international uh media platforms have picked that sound as like the prevailing sound in Toronto um and I'm a big fan of a lot of artists that that use that sound um, but I think there's much, much more going on in the city. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you you wrote an article talking about this on Now Magazine. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit more what the main thesis of that w- was? Yeah, I mean yeah. the the idea of that of that uh, of that article was primarily like a call for innovation um, in the urban music space, um, and also just to comment on the fact that like there's quite a monotony that we see in terms of what Toronto acts from the quote-unquote urban scene are getting like a major push or major visibility. Um, And it is very much people related to that sound that you just described. Um, You know, and and there's an issue there with the diversity of subject matter um, and the diversity of the bodies and the social location of the people that are making the music. There's a major lack of diversity there. Um, and, uh, you know, that's problematic. One of my favorite guys to have in the Come Up Show podcast is Jordan Manswell, Juno Award winner. He made songs like We Find Love by Daniel Caesar and Stranger Things by Joyner Lucas and Chris Brown. Let's go. Like after I graduated, um, I was working at Apple while I was, um, while I was um, in school. After school, um, I just decided, like, because I was living in a um, a basement apartment with a two of my um, with a two of my boys in Mississauga, which is like across from Square One, so it was kind of like the perfect situation. I had a job. I was, you know, I was on my own, and it was, you know, living the life as they say. But I don't know I just wanted, I just wanted more. So I'm like, this, like this, there's more out here for me. I, I gotta, I gotta take some steps back and so that I can really push forward. So I moved back home. I quit my job. Um, and, you know, my mom was definitely, like, upset and kind of just wondering why why I'm doing this. But I knew that I would end up resenting everybody around me if I didn't get this off my chest. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was broke, <laughs> like, extremely broke. I, I, some days I just wouldn't leave the house because I'm like, what's the point? Because everything outside is just money 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 like i'm gonna have to buy food i'm gonna have to hop on the bus i'm gonna have to you know so um that was it was it was it was really difficult and it was hard to stay on task um but luckily like my name still had some buzz um a little bit for producing so i i'd be from producing yeah or from battle the beat makers yeah yeah yeah. just uh, just in general so i I was able to like sell a a little beat here for like a little you know a a little bit of change whatever It, it was never worth it but I had to get through that period. One of the most popular podcasts that we had in interviews that we've had, people are still talking about this podcast today. My homie Cola, who's a drummer for the band OBGMs. He's also a drummer for Sunreal. He also represents his brother, Claremont II, as his manager. He talks about how in this business, nobody knows what they're doing. All right, so the first one, that person that wouldn't want me to say their name, he said, in this business, nobody knows what they're doing. And this is in relation to this is in relation to the fact that um, nobody else, nobody knows what's popping. Nobody knows or what's popping next. Nobody has an idea or, or th- they can have their ideas, but no one 
actually knows. No one saw, for an example, Takashi Six Nine. He came out of nowhere, right, in November, and you know he's had five charting hits after that. No one saw that, and nobody knows. Everybody tries to follow this formula, like different businesses, different managers, different labels. Like they try to follow a formula because they're like, this is what's going to work. They don't know that for sure. They're just telling you that they know that. And they might try to shake their dicks in front of you and be like, well, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and that. And this is my track record and this and that. But they really don't know, you know, especially in this day and age. They, they don't know, right? And uh, that's the first piece of advice that I was given. So, and then and to relate to the next one, Byron, Jesse, Ray, Jesse Ray's uh, manager and Sunreal's manager, he said, ultimately, what you want to do in this business more than anything is to trust your gut. Because if you trust your gut, you'll never feel bad about a decision, even if it goes bad. You'll never feel bad. You'll be like, oh, man, I should have, you know. But then when something, let's say you make a decision that you're not about. When that goes bad, that's going to be the thing that um, that uh, you're going to be like, you see, I knew it. And I'm in that position today for a few things. Tasha to Amazon has been making music with her production partner, Danthrax, since 2013. They've opened for Isaiah Rashad, YG, Action Bronson, and so much more. They talk about how Toronto still has a cultural insecurity. You know, in New York, they say, if you can make it here, you'll make it anywhere. I would say for Toronto, if you make it anywhere, you can make it here. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. That's the quote for this interview. That's the yeah. headline right there. <laughs> it's just a screw face Toronto expand, thing. Expand yeah. on that. Expand it's on that. It's just a screw face okay. Toronto thing. Like, okay. I think Toronto, we have so much talent, and I think that we recognize it, but we don't appreciate it. Like, we look at somebody and say, that guy's got talent. That girl's got talent. They're, they're, they're doing something good. But we're not really ready to appreciate it until we've seen somebody else embrace them. Yeah, I think I think it, there's an insecurity in it. You know, I think, I mean, I'm not calling people insecure, but there is like a cultural insecurity that we have in Toronto where it's like you're always looking to some next man to tell you something in school. Like you feel in your gut, you're like, I really dig this. But are people checking for it? Like, is anyone else checking? Like, you know, nobody wants to be the first person to be like, I really fuck with this artist or I really like dig this track or whatever, you know? They always want to be like the second, third, fourth person. You know what I mean? And so then it's hard. It's really hard to like have like a cosign that means something in the city because people are like always looking left, right to their neighbors about like, how do we feel about this? Everything's like consensus, you know? And I think you don't really have that in a place like New York. Everyone is so brazen in New York. They're like, this is my track. I love this. Calling up their local DJs and be like, play this on the radio, you know? it's a, there's We're not brazen like that, I don't think. Yo, this was one of those interviews like... I had to I had to go back and forth with him for months and months and months and months and months. He didn't like he doesn't do interviews. He does not do interviews. Tone Mason is Tone from Tone Mason is a production duo, Grammy Award nominated, Juno Award nominated, all that good stuff. He talks about how Drake was the last Hail Mary. This is one of those interviews where I had to go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, to get him on the Come Up Show podcast, he does not do interview. His name is Tone. He's from the production duo Tone Mason. He produced Light It Up for Drake, amongst other legendary songs. He talked about how Drake was our last Hail Mary. 
I'm happy we're finally embracing the fire that we are, you know. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it, it did kind of take for us to, like I was explaining earlier, to, to throw that Hail Mary and the Hail Mary worked. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but, but like, the Hail Mary was worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was still able, we see how people work. And the Hail Mary, I mean, is for those that are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? The Hail Mary is pretty much Drake. Let's keep it a buck. That was our last, at that point in time, Hail Mary, where we threw that fucking ball. And we hope for the best. We walked away. We looked back and shit was popping. And we're like, yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Because even when I saw that, I started to know. Yeah. And now we're finally really starting embracing ourselves because, like, you know, I was trying to see a co-sign left, right and center. But you know what? Forget like this is we need we need this. You know what I'm saying? Regarding a, regardless of what we want to feel or think about, like what was going on back then to what's going on now. We need this. Like we need to. We need to have a lot of our artists just getting theirs now. Finally, other than just like you know, just us always just doing amazing shit and not really getting acknowledged for it. Now we can. Hmm. And now we're ta- now we have taken over, like uh, just music, and it's a dope thing. Yo, this is one of those things. You know, they emailed me. The publicist emailed me. Says, Yo, Chetto, do you want to interview Puff Daddy's son, Christian King Combs? I'm like, Yes. So I was honored to have Christian Combs on the Come Up Show podcast with his best friend, Tank God, who produced for Post Malone. Tell me your favorite bad boy artist, like who influenced you, like, you know, because there's different eras of bad boy. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite artist of all time actually is Biggie, mm. Notorious B.I.G., my favorite. Mm. Um, I also like G. Depp, Mace, of course, my pops. Tell me what you took from, like, say, a Biggie and then a Mace. Yeah. Yeah. From Biggie, I just took how he used like unorthodox flow patterns. So I feel like you have to do that sometimes, switch up your flow in ways that people never heard and use your voice as an instrument. And then with Mace, I always liked his music, especially him and my pops, the Puffman, Mace era, mm-hmm. that whole shiny suit, man, all that. I loved all, the, all those songs. So those were like my favorite songs growing up. So he already had a huge impact on me. I was so thankful to have Zaki Ibrahim after years on the Come Up Show podcast. She's from South Africa, goes back and forth between South Africa and Toronto. And she talks about a reoccurring theme that came out in 2018 on the Come Up Show podcast, traveling and how it feeds the creative. What's the value of travel? Because you go, you travel a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, it's an invaluable. It is so, so, so valuable in everything I feel like I do because everything that I do is um, collaborative. Everything that I do. Um, I feel like everything that we do, like as, as humans, um, like we feed off of everything from like vibration to like, you know, just like a story and encounter, like every, we we're constantly invigorated by, um, connection and connecting to different culture and connecting to different, just like frequencies that exist in different cities. I feel like cities, countries, places have personality as well in a way Mm. so it all feeds into the creative Keo talks about how artists are emotional and empathetic people and when you're talking about the outside pressures Mm -hmm. you're talking about the record label stuff or what are we talking about i mean a lot of industry stuff you know um i was under a lot of pressure from from my management i was under a lot of pressure from my friends just a lot of these these uh influences or these outside factors that I let influence me, I guess. But again, when something clicked is when I decided, not when I decided, but when I, I really took responsibility 
for the things that were happening around me. And I think there was a disconnect with a lot of these elements around me, but that disconnect was there as a result of me not effectively painting that picture for them. Like, it's my vision, you know what I mean? And I'm the only one that's really going to put it, make it, bring it into fruition the way that it's supposed to or the way that I can see it happen. And I can't expect anyone, not management, not a producer, not a song, nothing like that to do that for me. So it wasn't until I sort of, you know, locked in and, and made that decision for myself and really started to, you know, take the driver's seat that I think things started to change. Mm. And, uh, because you're you're what? How many years into this are you that you can still have these? You can still be influenced that way. You could still. Yeah. Um. It's because I don't know what, it, like we as artists are just you know, we're we're emotional, empathetic people. So those things those things resonate with us in a real way. I I think I, I think I um. You know, I feel things a little differently sometimes to people. And as a result of that, like the things that you wouldn't expect to influence me or, or wouldn't expect to affect me the way that it affects me, it does. And I just, you know, I also process it differently. It's all of those different things mm. that, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, sometimes you just got to go through it, bro. Sometimes you just have to have that 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 epiphany, if you will, uh, that moment of of clarity that takes you you know, on the next journey that you got to go on. And who knows how long that path will be there. You just got to sort of, you know, be open to it. I say this a lot, but, oh, sorry. Go when, you say, when you say you process things differently, because I, I hear things like artists are sensitive. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing, which I think is true. I think it's what makes us artists, you know what I mean? It's what makes us able to, to tap into those different vibrations. I think that, like, we're all sort of vessels, you know, we're all just vessels and and then we sort of channel, channel different vibes and different energies through through us as vessels. Um, and us as artists, it's, it's our responsibility. It has been for a very long time, you know what I mean, almost since the dawn of time to, to be, you know, the ones that bring the message to the people. Like a, music, I think, is like a universal language. It's a universal language that us as artists are like, you know, the ones translating it for everybody. Francis Got Heat is a producer from Toronto. He's got production with credits with local talents like Roy Woods and Anders, but he's also produced for Absol, Bryson Tiller, Isaiah Rashad, and he produced 4422 on Drake's More Life, which features Sampha. He talks about how he had to learn to be patient and also how he had to pick up his bags and just go. So Francis, tell me, like, what have been, like, the challenges that you face on this journey where it's, it's been frustrating or you had to overcome yeah i mean a lot of it is just because like i was already working hard it's just i knew like my time was coming but i couldn't wait for it like just i just had to learn to be very patient like a lot of times i'd just be venting to my friends or whatever be like yo i'm working so hard like this guy made it this guy made it how come i'm not making it i swear i'm like better or whatever you know and then it's just like everyone has their time i just had to wait for my time to come and like Right now is kind of my time. I'm on the come up. People are like listening to my stuff. So like I'm very happy to be where I am. Like I waited all this time and I'm finally like getting there. But in those moments you were impatient. A lot of frustration. I'm like, yo, I, I should have been here. Like I've been doing this for so long. I'm not getting nowhere. No one's picking up beats. I'm trying to send it to everybody. Like why am I not getting picked? Why are my beats not getting selected? All of that. And what kept you going? Knowing that I was close. I just knew, like, I was always one track away. 
I'm still kind of one track away, but like my mentality was like, yo, I'm so close. I can't stop now. It is uh, with this game, as especially as a producer, you are one track away. Yeah, you're you? always one track away. And once you get that one track, you yeah. just keep going after that. Yeah. But you need that one track. Yeah. That one beat. Because once you're on, once you have a hit, a successful hit, everybody comes to you, right? Exactly. What is that about? Why does everybody come to you after you've had a hit? Because they want hits? Because now you got the hits. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is everybody just swarms, right? Yeah, because now you're like, oh, that's the guy that made that number one hit. Mm-hmm. We need something from him. Trey Mission, one of my favorite guys to have on the Come Up Show podcast. He talks about how you're going to pay him now or pay him later, but you're going to pay him. Success metrics or whatever. You know Fam, what I mean? pay me now or later. You're going to pay me. That's it. And what do you mean by that? Pay me now Fam, or later? Pay me now or later, but you're going to pay me. It's just like you have to. You know what I'm saying? It might not be me now. It might be the person after. It might be... It, it's just like... You can't deny it. If I was... If... if if You can't deny creativity. You can't deny an original thought, idea. You can't deny an original concept, an original remix. You know? You can't deny a, an original recipe, combination of ingredients. So, if I, th- if I think of one now, today, if I give you a wave today, and I say, yo... It's going to be the next thing. And you run with it. Cool. Fam, I'm going to do that again. You know, like that. But guess what? If I do the next one and you do the same thing again and you teeth it and you run with it. Cool. One of those times, it could go to seven or eight if I keep at it, right? One day I'm going to get paid for that. And it's not monetary only. This is not money. But one day I'm going to get my granted and deserved respect for whatever input I've given to the world. And again, like not only is it not monetary, but it's not just music, see? By the time, if I'm on the seventh one now, seventh wave I've given you, Chetto, and you've ran with it, right? And a man, Corey says, yo, Harrison, you know this new thing that Trey Mission is doing? And you remember that old thing Chetto did or said or whatever? You know Trey like created that or was the first person to do that or think about it or whatever. All right, boom, now you're paying me, done. Because now that we've caught on to this new one, the seventh one, right? We're going back, you know? And this is why people talk about back catalog with music and, you know, artists. Look at these artists, they die, and then next thing you know, now their kids are making the money off of their music after their, you know what I'm saying? So, and mm. like, yeah, life, man, that's the whole thing, too, you know, with life. Like, sometimes people, too, they have to be, like, the sacrifice, for the thing like and i don't mean that in the spooky way or anything i mean like you know like um michael jordan right i would like assume yo who was famous as a ball player before michael jordan like it was like it was magic johnson magic johnson had to be magic johnson for me to rate michael jordan the way that i rate him now if 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 magic johnson never happened i would probably only rate michael jordan as much as i rate magic johnson and that mm-hmm. goes for certain youths with LeBron right now. LeBron can only be as ill to them right now because MJ was ill, you know? And that's just like, that's the story of life, man, you mm. know? So it's up to you, like, if you give up or not, or if that even matters to you. Yeah. You know? Well, in that same example, do you think T-Pain could be an example of that? Where, you know, obviously there's people way before T-Pain who did autotune, but T-Pain was doing going crazy with autotune and everybody's like oh mm-hmm. d- we wanted this to die and now obviously autotune is 
like how many everybody's doing it right uh and and t-pain is still trying to make a comeback where well i like that example and i'll tell yeah. you why i like that example yeah because t-pain is up t-pain is not future right now but yeah. t-pain is rich if yeah. he's not it's because of fucked up decisions yeah, yeah. but i'm gonna assume yeah. he showed me nothing to assume otherwise i'm gonna assume yeah. he's up yeah his wife and his youth them are taken care of and all of that and yeah. we're saying this right now so mm. you know and i bet you if you ask future right now i tell you rates t-pain you know or anyone else that uses 100 you know and then um t-pain his first single didn't have autotune fun fact Nate Harser is one of those up-and-coming artists that I have my eye on. If you don't know him, make sure you check him out. He's from Montreal. We did this interview in his car, and he talks about how disrespect gets him so turned. What's what's currently inspiring you right now, Nate? Um, disrespect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> disrespect, bro, makes me gets me so turned. Disrespect from who? From motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers that don't know, that don't understand, that assume shit. The ones that judge and don't know your story, don't know who, who, you know what I'm saying? What you represent, where you coming from, like what you, what you about really, bro. That shit pisses me off, bro. That, that's like a motivating factor. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to go hard in the studio or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, you know, obviously, having, like, full-out, like, financial freedom where I could just travel anywhere I want to the world, help anybody I want in the world, you know what I'm saying? Tight shit, open up whatever business I want, tight shit. It's all in the, it's all a part of the, the game, the fun game, you know what I'm saying? It's all part of the come-up. And that's part one of the best of 2018 of the Come Up Show podcast. I hope you're inspired. I hope you're motivated and excited for part two. And by the way, these two episodes, part one and part two of the best of 2018, are the perfect entry point for any new listeners. So I would appreciate if you can click share on this episode, share with one friend, one friend that might be interested. It would mean a lot to me. I'd appreciate that. Thank you, y'all. See you on part two. Peace.